You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Dear Multi-Hyphenate. I'm your host, Michael Kushner, and it is an absolute honor to be recording this podcast for you during quarantine. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you to Broadway Podcast Network for offering resources to so many artists who still have a voice, who still have things to say, and who are still pushing forward. Artists, we still have a job to do, and this is when we are needed most. To remind you all, I have had some incredible guests this past year on Dear Multi-Hyphenate, and now it's time to enter almost a season two of sorts. So Dear Multi-Hyphenate is getting a facelift. As we know, the world around us is moving swiftly, so I promise to stay relevant, topical, and focused. The point of Dear Multi-Hyphenate is so that you, an artist with multiple proficiencies, can be the boss of every artistic endeavor you tackle. And in order for you to get more out of this podcast, I'm making it interactive. I will be releasing episodes every two weeks, and on Instagram, at Dear Multi-Hyphenate, you'll be able to interact with me and answer prompts, questions, and assignments that will keep you in tip-top shape even during quarantine. For instance, you can watch Multi-Hyphenate Monday, where I'll be posting videos with tips and tricks that will inspire you to get out of your quarantine rut, out of your head, and into the spotlight. You'll also find pro tips, especially episode highlights, and my favorite, which is Thirsty Thursday, where I ask you to revisit the most recent episode and journal about it paired with a bottle of wine, or beer, or vodka, really anything works. But those are just a few examples of how Dear Multi-Hyphenate is no longer just a podcast, but an experience. And at the end of each podcast, I'll be giving you a recap of an idea that really resonated with me, and I'd love to hear how it did, or didn't, that's okay too, resonate with you. And when you do share it, please message me at Dear Multi-Hyphenate or at the Michael Kushner on Instagram and post it and tag me. If you're joining me for the first time in this episode, you can check out my previous episode featuring Tia Altine to see the new structure of the show. We discuss building a plane as you're flying it and following impulses. And if that isn't enough for you, you can coach with me. I love having one-on-one Zooms with you. We can work on career goals, theatrical career planning, multi-hyphenate skills, your why, and much, much more. My clients can then tackle auditions, writing, producing, whatever, with so much more specificity and confidence. Just sign up through my website, michaelkushneronline.com. That's michaelkushneronline.com. And as always, check out My Broadway Memory, my show with Brian Sedita every Thursday night, live at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Each week, our guests pull a playbill at random from their collection and talk about their memories associated with that playbill. It's to keep Broadway alive. We've had incredible guests such as Colleen Ballinger, Todd Hall, Mark Shaman, Alice Ripley, Joan Marcus, L. Morgan Lee, Jose Lana, and so many more. Our guests in the upcoming episodes are iconic and you don't want to miss it. And for the month of October, we're mobilizing with Broadway for Biden to make sure you're registered and able to vote. So check us out at My Broadway Memory on Instagram for more. So enough shenanigans. Let's get started. My new tradition in this season two of sorts is beginning with a quote, and I want to talk about manifesting. Manifesting is truly an important way of life for me. Without it, I'm I'm not sure where I'd be. I wouldn't have found myself in some life-altering experiences that I'll take with me forever. But without hard work, manifestation can be a wish. It's up to your muscular energy and activated spirit to make things happen. I found a quote by broadcast journalist and social media expert Germany Kent, which continues my sentiment. Stop waiting for somebody to elevate your game. You are already equipped with everything you need to manifest your own greatness. And that's sort of how I got hold of today's guest. In 2012, while I was studying abroad for a semester in London, I saw Sophie Thompson tear apart the stage and she stoops to conquer. I had known of her work in the musical theater world, but had never had the chance to see her live. She had force and energy that stayed with me forever. Seriously, ask all of my my classmates. I could not stop talking about how much she affected me. And today, she is my guest. Not only did I put the energy out there saying one day I'll work with her, but then I paid attention to the signs. 
My friend, Kimberly Faye Greenberg, posted about her friend's play being produced virtually. That friend was Stephen Carl McCasland. When I read Stephen's play Little Wars was being produced, I saw Sophie's name attached. With research on the exciting play, I decided to reach out to Stephen, who connected me with the press rep, who then helped me secure Sophie for an interview on this here podcast. So today, we're going to talk about all things West End, TV, screen, film, Little Wars, and most importantly, Sophie Thompson. Sophie Thompson is a British actress who has worked in television, film, and theater. Five times an Olivier Award nominee, she won the 1999 Olivier Award for Best Actress in a Musical for the London revival of Into the Woods. Her other nominations were for Wildest Dreams, Company, and Clybourne Park, and Guys and Dolls. Select film appearances include Four Weddings and a Funeral, Emma, Dancing at Lunasa, Gosford Park, and Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 1. Her television roles include playing Stella Crawford in the BBC soap opera EastEnders and Rosemary Piper in the ITV soap opera Coronation Street. As a multi-hyphenate, Sophie is an activist, a chef, a mama, and we will tackle it all. So please welcome Sophie Thompson. <laughs> Hi. Hello, Michael. That's so Did you like that intro? Oh, that intro is really amazing. I feel like I've been manifested. You have been. I mean, <laughs> you, you have been. It's like, I think I had moments in like class where I'd just be like, what would Sophie Thompson do? And everyone would just like roll their eyes because I was so, I was so enamored. I fell in love with you during She Soups to Conquer. And then in 2017, 2018, I saw you do Bracknell. Crikey. <laughs> Which was unbelievable. Oh, Michael, thank you. I'm glad you enjoyed them. Yes, yes. So thank you so much for being here. Uh, I There's so much to talk about. Now, let's begin uh, at the beginning. It, it, it's a very good place to start, I've heard. So um, <laughs> do you consider yourself a multi-hyphenate? Well, I'd never heard of that before I got sent your thingy. Michael and I thought what on earth is that it sounds quite painful <laughs> and I don't consider myself a multi-hyphenate and even now you've explained it I'm like oh I'm not sure I am very multi at all but I, I, I suppose I suppose I get what you're saying and all the things that you love and you connect to feed off each other don't they and I guess that's what is that what you're saying? What, yeah, so yeah. basically what I'm saying is that, you know, it's in today's age where it's a technical age and there are so many artists that are self-producing their own work mm. and really becoming proficient in those things. It's like mm. I never really realized that I was a producer, but when I was 15, I no, when I, when I was 16, my sophomore year final in high school was assigned to us by my acting teacher, Elena Garcia, who was, an, who was an, a guest on the show. Mm -hmm. She assigned us to write our own one-man shows, and we had to produce, direct, and tech design our classmates. Mm -hmm. So it was built into the curriculum for me. So it sort of was always a life I had known of like, yeah, I want to produce that. Yeah, I'll photograph that. Sure, I'll tape that. And you want me to, you want me to play that role? Great, I will. Gotcha. And building a career off of that. Right, that's amazing. And for you, I consider your proficiencies um, just because you do dabble in in a, a few things. I mean, you had your YouTube series where you were cooking and and baking your family's family recipes and. Um, you were on MasterChef, so you have this like awesome food, entertainment food element. And then uh, you are an activist uh, uh, with, your, um, with your amazing anti-fracking protest, uh, which we could watch on YouTube, and I could, I'll put the link on the Instagram. I, I, I just feel that on, on top of performing, you do have proficiencies that you do exercise, and I see that. Oh, well, I never... I, I, I'll have to think about things in a different way. Um, I think uh, I, I think I, 
Yes, I'll have to. I'll have to recalibrate my thinking, Michael. You're teaching me. <laughs> I love. Oh, I love that. And and that's the thing. It's that. That's all it is. It's just recalibrating. It's sort of going well. Um, I I okay. I know how to do that, and I know how to. Okay, I've produced, you know, a, a, a video. I know how to direct a video. Maybe I could do that in a more macro thing. And it's just sort of bringing what's here in our hearts and just sort of bringing it maybe into a greater plane. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> so um, talk to me because I'm a total geek. I, what I loved about She Stoops to Conquer mm-hmm. was that you basically did it as written 1775 Oliver Goldsmith. Right. And I said costume, everything looked as if it was sort of plucked right, right out of uh, it was restoration, right. Restoration Um, sort of plucked. But the one thing that changed was the musical element. And I was so obsessed with that. (laughs) I still in the shower saying da 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 Do you, Michael? That's lovely. You're such an enthusiast. That's what yes. you are. You're an enthusiast. I mean, Talk to I'm going to be a multi-hyphenate as well now. I've got that word, those words in my vocabulary. I'm going to be telling everybody they're multi-hyphenated. <laughs> <laughs> I lo- and then you could send them my way because... Um, <laughs> yes. I'll whip them into shape. How, what now? Okay, if I'm a multi-hyphenate and I'm an enthusiast, what would you consider yourself? Odd. <laughs> um, quite. Um, I've always felt a bit odd. I think a lot of actors feel that way, um, in a slightly misfitty sort of a way. And an outsider sort of a way. Sometimes I wish I could be more inside, as it were, rather than looking in, if you like. Because I think as actors, we're forever observing, aren't we? And and collecting um, idiosyncrasies and human... um, uh, colors for the palette, if you like, if that doesn't sound too pretentious. So, um, uh, I, I think I live a lot through my eyes. I know that sounds obvious, but I do. (laughs) (laughs) I think don't so much, if you know what I mean, they're a bit more cerebral. Um, and I fear that I'm not particularly cerebral, but uh, I'm a, I suppose, um, I, but I'm an observer, I guess. And I suppose I'm an interpreter. That's how I see myself as an actor. Um, you know, I think the people who can sort of write, um, which is like the bottom line, are, to me extraordinary um and what I think I do is interpret things I mean that's what you do in your cooking as well isn't it you take a recipe or or a or a piece of writing and uh you feed it through the prism of your understanding and um interpretation of of the world and I think theatre I've often used the cooking analogies actually in my mind with the theatre is literally like you you do a lot of prep, of course, and you do a lot of chopping and and organising and planning, but the actual ultimate cooking is a live thing that happens with, you know, the audience and they're that, you know, the most important condiment, in fact, of course, in order to make it. Um, theatre and make it a collaborative thing and then when you're filming you know you're literally something gets put into a can and it gets opened 
at someone's convenience at a later date. And it's equally, you know, can be equally as, I don't mean to, I don't mean to pass any judgment on um, tinned food because my granny always said it was really, really good and you shouldn't be snooty about it because some people are a bit snooty, aren't they, about things that are in packets and I, and it's all got to be fresh. But um, but that's always sort of served me as a analogy and I've, I'm blurring on now and I can't even remember, Michael, what you asked me. What do I think I am? Odd. Yes. <laughs> I can I can listen to you talk for hours, honestly, because I think I'm odd as well. And uh, sometimes I sometimes I uh, question my oddities, and I go, uh, and and then I get in my head, and then ultimately what I discover is when I do that, I block I block my my creative flow. I block my, my honesty, my truth. If I do that, if I judge myself, but what you said about your eyes, seeing through your eyes, it's, you know, I think we forget as we go about our day, we forget actually what our basic functions do our eyes. And not, not just that we could see here directly in front of us, but that we can see, you know, those of us that are able to, we can see on a 180 plane and, intuitively we can hear and and see things as well just yesterday i was um socially distancing filming filming a part of a documentary that i'm working on and um and i was interviewing this guy and i was like ask him about alan sherman's musical the fig leaves are falling and alan sherman was a jewish comedian in the 60s who i grew up listening to i'm only 29 but i i grew up with everything like Mel Brooks, um, you know, Alan Sherman, like just things that were just like, you know, years behind me and really fell in love with that. And I was like, ask him about fig leaves are falling. And he, for some reason, it was just something that slipped under the cracks. When I was researching him, he was, he didn't just exist around the time of the show. He was in it. <gasps> and it was this intuitive, just ask him about it. And I just went, can you tell me about fig leaves are falling? Did you see it? And he's like, see it. I was in it. And then told me, uh, you know, stories about Alan Sherman, and it's those one, it's those moments that our eyes don't just see here, but they see energetically. And I love that point that you brought up about I see through my eyes because we forget often the purposes that our our body serves. Mm. Mm. Yeah, absolutely, and and we're I suppose there's so much technicality in our lives now isn't there Michael I mean look at us the way we're speaking and we over these few strange gothically curious months we've all you know had to learn you've probably been doing this kind of shenanigans for ages Michael but I mean zoom is a very new word in my vocabulary and not to mention multi-hyphenate and whatever we're on now <laughs> um so yes it's it, it, it's it's such interesting times isn't it i mean it, it's it, it's gothic on on every level really and um and uh the you can feel people wanting to keep in touch with as you say, their their instincts and their the nature that is them and how they connect to to nature. We've all had so much time to think. And Zoom isn't Zoom isn't um, something that's been in my bones either. Zoom was sort of like. Um, I don't even know when I used Zoom before the pandemic. It like nothing replaces being in person. I mean, there's when I started seeing people because I, I I did have the virus, mm-hmm. and um, which was not fun. And I'm mm-hmm. a long hauler, which means I'm still like healing, even though I'm negative and I've tested negative multiple times, still healing, and it's been tough. But when I see people, because my studio is back open, and um, you know we're following every single 
you know, COVID regulation and, and um, temperature checks at the door and no more than 50% occupancy in the studio. And just we're taking every single precaution. But when that, when my studio opened back up, that breath of fresh air, I was able to see with my eyes again. I was able to hear again, not, and not because there is, I was talking with my therapist about this and there is a, I was like, why don't you do FaceTime convos? And she was like, because there's actually now with all the Zoom out there, there's studies that you actually get more tired when you see people um, on a screen like FaceTime or Zoom because our bodies think that we are with someone physically, but there's an energy block. And so our body winds up spending more energy trying to connect with the other, but we can't because we're not in the same room. Ooh, how interesting. Which I feel, I feel that because there's so much that we get as human beings when we're with each other, we see shifts in weight or we see energy shifts and even a blink, you know, like can mean something, a shift in breathing. But Mm. when, when we're on zoom, it's like, I don't know what your legs are doing or, uh, you know, and then all of a sudden I I see that I have to fix my hair and then I miss, I miss something that you just did that Mm. would inform me how you're feeling about this conversation. Mm. Yes. It's very weird, isn't it? I'm really (laughs) trying to not, it's, I don't like it that you can see yourself that I find that very awkward. I know I have to go like that or something because yeah. <laughs> I'm seeing you and it appears that we have very similar glasses, you which means you're very vi- similar glasses, which yeah, I, I like love you better than mine. No, yours are cute. I, I use Zenny and Zenny is like really easy. You just plug in your prescription and you just like comes to your door. It's pretty amazing. Oh, really? <laughs> so would you consider yourself an activist? Well, that's another thing you said I was, Michael. I thought, golly, I wish I was. I mean, I don't see, I'd like to think I was that more than I think I am. And I have been pondering on what more I could do to be of use. Again, you know, we've all had lots of time to ponder and mm-hmm. um, and and a lot of ghastly things have been unwrapped and unpeeled and revealed in in very poignant ways during this time and 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 you know it you think crikey what can I do you know more and I that's something I'll I'll have to percolate as time goes on I'd I'd love to think of myself um in that way but actually in all honesty Michael I don't think I deserve that title at all. (laughs) I mean, my sister's an extraordinary activist and I'm full of pride, but I'm afraid I don't think I quite come up trumps. So actually, that's another thing I need to address. Um, you're, you're, You're throwing a lot of, 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 of things my way that I'm going to have to work on. Well, this, how does it feel though? How does it feel though that someone that admires your work and has admired you for since 2012, since seeing you on stage, how does it feel that someone sees you in that light? Because I, I don't know. I see, you know, as I was um, catching up on sort of all things Sophie Thompson and making sure I, you know, didn't miss anything. I saw your, I saw you did something with, um, with uh, 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 my guide. And I was like, you're so, I was like, you're so, it's, it is activism to me. It's, it's that, that anti-fracking protest. That's activism. You're my guide. That's activism. That's being a, a voice for a marginalized group of people. I see you as an activist and that inspires me to, be better to be a better part of society so how do you feel if i see you as an activist (laughs) oh michael i'm glad it's i'm going to have to write it in my diary and go and i'll make a list and i'll see have a think about that 
But I mean, uh, you know, I'm glad you brought up my guy because that was a lovely thing. I made such a friend with Sam, and who I was guy for. She's an extraordinary woman with glass eyes and just such a spirit. And if you talk about, you know, people who inspire you, um, she, I keep a photograph of her on my desk, me and her on our day, um, because she is uh, uh, such a incredible spirit um, and such an example of, of, a, of a monumental bird she is. So um, I was very, very lucky to... Um, you know, have that experience with someone who I immediately connected to, you know, and, and made and and made friends with, um, and you know, who helps me regularly think about that aspect of, and the fact that it's so important and that we get better at including us all. You know, I mean, you never know out of these extraordinary times let's hope comes environments that become way more inclusive and we 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 think about we think about um that way more and organize the world in in a in a in a better way it's beautiful and something that you're 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 talking about with sam and my guide you know something that we talked about a, f- a few minutes ago is interpreting ways that you interpret different things. And mm-hmm. that's a, that's another reason why that's another way that I, that you're just proving my point even more that I would consider you a multi-hyphenate because you're, you're bringing in your ways of interpreting into all the aspects that you do. You interpret a character, you interpret a recipe, but now you're interpreting a human being and how they connect with the world around them. You are literally helping them interpret. And I feel like I, what I love to talk about is common denominators, because even though I was awful at math and science, like, <laughs> like, oh my God, I mean, I managed to like get an A and a B in those classes, but like, please not like by the skin of my teeth. And um, as bad as I was in those classes, I, love talking about the practicality of imagination and practicality of what we do, because there is a science to what we do. I mean, uh, uh, there, there just is. I mean, if we look at kinetic and potential energy, the kinetic energy, uh, potential energy is the ball at the top of the hill. And, uh, we're looking at it, we could kick it. And then the kinetic energy is the kick. And then the ball goes down the hill. That's mm-hmm. sort of what we do as ar- artists. Right. So, I just feel that you now I lost my point, but what I'm saying is <laughs> I, I feel that you are also the more that you talk, you are including a concrete sort of explanation to multi-hyphenate skills, especially for your own. And I also like love that, like this episode is becoming a convinced Sophie Thompson. She's the multi. <laughs> 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 I'll get a badge made by the end of it. <laughs> I love, I love that. I'll make, I'll make you a diploma or something. <laughs> so when does, so when does it feel right for you? When you, because uh, I've stepped on a stage or I've done a photo shoot or I've done a, I've produced projects where I'm just like it doesn't feel right. And we're talking about interpreting. We're talking about inclusion. We're talking about activism. We're talking about all odd oddities when does it feel right for you when you are doing something when does it feel right when does it feel right um when there's an authenticity I suppose and when I feel that um yes when there's an authenticity and the ribbon is genuinely attached to the maypole as it were um it, oh golly, what an interesting question. It's so poetical. Um <laughs> I can go there. I can go there. <laughs> you, you you're there, baby. Um you're right there with that question. Crikey. Um no, I definitely when it feels authentic, and I think you just know when it feels perhaps I think you probably 
you don't know quite how to get to right until you're uh, there perhaps or at least you know when it's wrong um because I think that it's you don't often understand why things work and that's sort of part of the frustration sometimes you know you can play a, a scene say and it can just there's a alchemy isn't there that happens sometimes and that's what you're forever trying to keep in touch with I suppose with with being truthful and authentic and keeping in touch with that sort of connective uh, what to call synergy it? synergy could it be yeah it's very hard to put into words isn't it which is why I think a lot of the time what we do is so frustrating because you often go why did that work why did that work then why did it just hit the and it's a myriad of recipe you know it's a recipe always of that the audience and the timing and the this and the that and the listening you know I think listening is crucial obviously um and that sounds sort of obvious doesn't it but what you're doing in a, a performance is 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 responding to what you've heard or what's happened so um it's a so it it's a response rather than um to something if you know what i mean um a lot of the time uh well most of the time really i think uh so what when does it feel right gosh um when that i suppose when those uh very hard to capture elements all come together you can do plotting and planning and rehearsing and 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 um and make decisions um but there always has to be a bit that's free as a bird and um and that's the bit that makes links up all the 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 work if you like and the rehearsing and the diddly doos all the all the shenanigans as you would I love that word you said it at the start and I thought oh, I can say that word and Michael Kushner says that word that's nice um I think of it as quite an English word it's quite it's nice to hear it from such an American um I love that. I say I feel like I see it all the time. Shenanigans. Shenanigans. Um, <laughs> um, so as that, I don't know if I've aren't got anywhere with that answer. But I thought, oh my god, such an. Of course you did. Really. Of course you did. There's there's something that you really said. You were like listening sounds like it would be an obvious thing, but it's not. So many people don't listen. Mm. Sophie, I can't even begin to explain. I have this packet. I have this packet that I give to my clients. Mm -hmm. when, they, when they send a deposit to me, they're immediately a packet is sent to them. And it is like so detailed. I leave nothing to chance. And the amount of people that I clock that don't read it. And it's like, do I read everything? No, I don't. So I would... I would be hypocritical if I said that I didn't have moments of that. But so what I'm trying to say is that I, listening, I don't always listen. And, but, but neither does anyone else. We don't always listen. And I think that it is always good to hear a reminder of what you said that, you know, we have to listen, like listening isn't as obvious as, as we think it is. We can hear, but it doesn't mean that we're ingesting the information that we're getting. Yes, yes. Well, what's in, I'm intrigued by the package you send. I want one of your packages. What's in I would love to send, I would, <laughs> first of all, I would die to photograph you, like would love. Um, but, uh, cause I know that we would have such a good time. But um, so the packet that I sent is very detailed. It's, I mean, it's of course like a dress, like where we're shooting, like, um, there's going to be a puppy that greets you at the door and like, let me know if you're allergic, you know, stuff like that. But ultimately it is like down to the wire of like, 
this is how you pick this outfit. This is what a look looks like. This is like, I want you to focus on intention as an intention and character and um, living in the world of the uh, story that you're conveying as opposed to being like, I'm quirky and fun because if one more person says quirky in my studio, I'm going to throw myself off uh, out the window because, (laughs) because the people that are quirky. Okay. Because there are people that are quirky. They are quirky. And then I think what happened was people heard that word and started to apply it to them because that means that they didn't have to do any more work on them because quirky means odd and that's it. There you go. We're going to leave it there, but we have to keep diving, especially younger artists where there is such a huge pool of people that look like you and you're all on the same starting, you know, the, the same plane of starting, you're all about to jump off the diving boards. How, what stories do you tell who, like who really are you? And those are the questions that I have in the packet. And when I review it with them as they're getting into hair and makeup to really create an environment and tell stories with those pictures, they don't always get answered because they're not listening, not just to the packet that I sent them, but they're not listening to themselves and they're not listening to patterns of auditions. Like when I went to, when I used to go to EPAs and ECCs, equity principal auditions and equity chorus calls, um, I would look for the patterns, the common denominator at all times. I'd be like, what worked? When did it feel right? what rooms did it feel right in and why? And what rooms did I, did it feel wrong in and why? And when it felt wrong and I would communicate that with my agent, I, I got dropped from my agent because I was like, please stop sending me on these dance calls because I'm not as strong of a dancer as these rooms are. And when I communicated that I, they dropped me and Mm -hmm. I was on my own. I know it's wild, but that's, but those are stories of a young artist in this industry. And as a photographer, a multi-hyphenate, a producer, and now uh, someone that teaches workshops and, and, and coaches careers, it's like, I want to be able to help people avoid those situations where they know themselves so well that it's just set up for success. I'm really passionate about it because like, I love being an actor. I love being a producer. I love being a photographer and uh, I love being a writer. And I want to make sure that everyone else has that experience as well. I want to make sure that they don't walk into a room and they are nothing but their authentic selves being able to tell a story. Mm. So. Mm. But that's why I love. Oh, sorry. Sorry. No, what were you going to say? You're my guest. You're very impressive, um, and I, I, I'm, I'm glad you're supporting people in that way. Um, young artists. That sounds really wonderful. Well, thank you. And I would be remiss if I didn't bring up your next project, which I want to support. Yeah. So, can you talk to me about Little Wars? Um, Little Wars, I will tell everyone the, what the show is about. And it sounds so exciting and I literally cannot wait to, um, see it. Bringing together six exceptional women, Little Wars unites literary figureheads, Gertrude Stein, her girlfriend, Alice Toklas, Dorothy Parker, Lillian Hellman, and Agatha Christie with anti-fascist freedom fighter Muriel Gardner in the most fantastical what-if dinner party imaginable. Tensions are high and secrecy lingers in the air, but with libations flowing and the threat of World War II looming, the guests are close to boiling point. Little Wars will stream worldwide from Tuesday, the 3rd and through the 8th of November this year, 2020. And I'll be posting more information on how to watch on my Instagram, Dear Multi-Hyphenate, and at the Michael Kushner. So Sophie, talk to me about Little Wars. Well, it's amazing. I mean, he's written, as you said, it's that one of those imagined dinner parties or drinks, actually. They don't actually need to, even a crisp, I don't think, they they drink a hell of a lot. And and Dorothy Parker gets absolutely smashed. Um, uh, It's it's a very, it's a, 
um, idea. Uh, and um, uh, we, we're just going to, we haven't even, re- we're rehearsing it tonight um, for the first time. And then we record it on Thursday. Um, and it's in aid of women, um, for refugee women, which is this wonderful charity Um empowering refugee and asylum-seeking women, um, which really correlates with the piece because it's all about these um, women. And and, uh, uh, Stephen, who wrote Stephen um, McCasland, um, what did he say? He says, the themes in the play, I wanted to get this clear, Michael, so I kept his his words because it's so good. He says, the themes in this play are of womanhood, hope, the Holocaust, and unity. The play grapples with so many issues that women face even now, 80 years later, from from abortion to sexual assault um, to just the fight for equality in the workplace. I mean, and he gets that all in in this very <laughs> mad domestic setup, which is, the you know, I think always the way to, to get um, the most important messages across with um uh through usually a prism of um domesticities a very relatable situation and humor as well it's 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 um it's very funny and uh and uh, um so it's it's just such a lovely thing to have been asked to to be a part of and the cast is extraordinary um you know none no only one of the women I've worked with before and I'm so excited um to to meet them all tonight actually this very night Michael um (laughs) amazing second day in the in in um in Scotland um because yeah we're all going to meet up tonight for the first time and read it through which would be lovely to hear it coming off the page and just look forward to sharing that and as you say you've given out all the information which is really important um because uh, uh then people will buy tickets and come along and and join in you know i mean these times without theater as well are uh I, I mean, I find it actually quite hard thinking about it because it, it's it's um, I feel so bereft uh, without without it. Um, so I'm so chuffed to be a part of this thing that you know you can come along. And I don't know about you, Michael, but I've I've been to a few um, shows via my strange little um, technical window here, and uh, just to to, to feel part of that community to co- make contact with that the theatre um, via the only way we can at the moment and um, and that's you know hopefully it, 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 it's you know uh, it, obviously it's a phase in in the world and and we'll get through it but um, it is like having an old very old dear friend um, you, you know in, who isn't very well and 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 one doesn't really know the prognosis as such but you know that they'll get better um and we'll all be able to to have those collective um human experiences again and and tell stories together and be a part of that because that to me is 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 so important um and I feel very bereft, as I say, without it. I bet you do too, Michael, um, because obviously the theatre in your life is is huge. Um, it certainly it certainly has changed um, because there was a fight or flight feeling at the beginning of it. On top of being ill, it was sort of like there's no way I'm going to because there's no way I'm going to like let. what I what I built go to shreds and so I literally like was like fight fight or flight and 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 there's no shame with people that left because people you have to take care of yourselves because the theater will come back and that means they will too but um there's no other place for me I'm a New Yorker and uh and this at, at this time I was supposed to be taking my best friend for his 35th 
birthday and we're supposed to be in London right now and seeing theater and riding the tube and Mm -hmm. going to bath and stuff like that. And like, you know, it's, and, um, and the world has changed so drastically, but when you look back in history books, we do bounce back the theater. I mean, the theater never has really had anything. Even after nine 11 Broadway was only shut down for two days. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how we do. I mean, the theater in in the UK has been around for many, many years. Broadway is new in the grand scheme of things. So mm-hmm. there have been shifts. There have been um, the tectonic plates of the theater have shifted quite, you know, like uh, even when it comes to spaces, because what uh, Romeo and Juliet would originate at Guildhall. Is that where it was? It, it originated at... I'm trying to think of the space, the original space of where, where Romeo and Juliet started. And it's like that it's not, it's not a theater. It didn't start at a theater. It started in a, in a hall. So no, Michael, see, that's another thing I've got to find out. (laughs) Yeah. And that's something that I I just don't even remember myself. It's like, um, you know, where, because I remember one thing that was amazing about our classes, um, when I lived in London and studied abroad for five months was we had a Wednesday walk and um, we would meet. It was for class in relationships and we had the class Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And on Wednesday we would meet at a different part of London and learn about that area and how it correlated to the shows that we were seeing, which then correlated to the work that we were doing in the class historically. And we saw about two to three shows a week and I saw a bunch on my own as well. So I wound up seeing about 40 shows in five months. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It was really, it was really, 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 really amazing. And I lived in on Edgware road in marble arch. That's where I lived right behind the Victoria casino. And it was just absolutely amazing. Wow. Michael, you were a must. Yes, and that's where I was introduced to you. So it was perfect. <laughs> oh, a- absolutely! On a damp day in Scotland, I what could be better? Yeah. I, I I actually, when I did go to Scotland, I had a very damp day because we climbed Arthur's Seat. Oh, and uh, <laughs> and it was it was a beautiful day, yeah. and then we got to the top, and down yonder there was a. Very ominous cloud that <laughs> rushed towards us. <laughs> and we, we, um, we weren't even halfway down. And we and it just opened well, up on you. That is an understatement. We had hail and sleet. It was like we were crawling on our hands and knees in the mud to get down because of the wind. <laughs> That's amazing for you. <laughs> but it's well worth it. Was, it. <laughs> it was amazing. It was amazing. Um, Sophie, unfortunately, we have to wrap and I don't want to, but um are you on are you on social media at all? No. I, Good for you. I could. I tried to twittering for a bit, and I just felt like an idiot. I just, and then I wasn't looking out of the train windows, and I, I was looking at my, and I thought, what am I doing? Um, so I felt like a fish out of water, and I thought, well, I, and I'm not contributing anything. So I was just sort of, you know, there was wonderful, some wonderful, clever, funny people, and some rather. slightly scary things and I thought I don't think I I like it here I don't think this is right it didn't feel right um for me and I understand it's a you know marvelous thing for many people but um no so I don't do any of it and and that's quite an interesting place to be actually it feels um it feels quite a specific place to be weirdly because it's so prevalent. And, uh, but I, I, you know, I just love looking out the train window and, and that was when it really, I was on a train and I was looking down at my phone, all this scuff and I thought, Oh no. And I just pressed the, you, you know, it's quite brutal, isn't it? This, this, this world, cause you press a button, don't you? And, and, uh, and it's, that's it. You know, and it's very um, 
very curious because it's a huge, huge landscape in many ways. And yet, you know, you just press this little plastic button and I was, I'd left and that felt, oh, it was like, oh, it was like a real, I, a real sense of relief actually. Although, I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. I think I could have got really drawn in. Do you know what I mean? There was a danger of me getting really drawn in, I think, weirdly. So I think I just thought, no, I don't think this is right for me, social media. I'm so glad that you had that experience because I can't even think about the moments that I've lost in my life if I had just, you know, looked up from my phone in that moment and really just sort of not looked at my phone. And, and, you know, unfortunately uh, and unfortunately, social media for me is, um, it's like a virtual business card. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I do rely on it. Yeah. But um, I have been implementing looking out the window more <laughs> in my life. Good, Mike. So thank you. So for, thank you, Sophie, so much for joining me. I, I'm basking in your glory. I have been since 2012. I am very much in love with the work that you do and who you are as an odd individual. Um, I am an odd individual and let's keep being odd together. Oh, that's a lovely thought. Yes, let's. <laughs> so for those, for, I love it. So for those that are listening, my question to sum up this episode is what makes you odd? What are you proud of that makes you odd? Because those are our secret weapons. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I This is such a special episode for me, and I hope that you took away multiple things. As always, please contact me at Dear Multi-Hyphenate. Follow Dear Multi-Hyphenate on Instagram or my personal Instagram at the Michael Kushner and drop me some lines. I'm really good at responding, and we can always work together, which is the most important thing. Keep on trucking, keep your head held high, and we are going to get through this together. Have an amazing amazing week and keep creating all my love bye this podcast is produced by the broadway podcast network make sure to find me online via instagram at the michael kushner or at the dressing room project or on twitter at m kushner photo and visit me online via bpn.fm forward slash dear multi hyphenate Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.